0: Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rizak. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome, and let's get started. As many of you know, I highly value authentic conversations and authentic people. Give me someone who wears their heart on their sleeve any day over some hyperachiever who's constantly having to prove his or her worth to the world. And I have to thank the Mankind Project for teaching me that the authentic, emotionally honest, heart-centered road was the way to a more heroic way of living. There's something about speaking your truth, even if it's unpopular, and self-acceptance that has a boatload of power. The men I know, the ones I respect the most, are the ones that resonate with truth. And when I say truth, I simply mean what is your heart telling you? What is resonating with you deeply? What does your inner knowing tell you about the challenges that you're facing? We saw this over and over again during the past couple of years, arguments amongst family and friends over what each of us should do. Get the jab, don't get the jab, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, speak out. At what you're seeing or stay quiet and let the storm hopefully pass. There will be more of these tests ahead, I'm sure. I promise that I will give you space to work this out on your own timeline, knowing that your timeline and my timeline might be quite different. The soul moves at the speed that the soul moves. Let's get to our interview today. It's a good one. My guest today has been a pioneer in holistic medicine. Ken Harris is a transformational teacher, healer, speaker, and author. He is the founder of Waldrick Wellness Center in New Jersey, a multi-doctor facility providing all-natural health and wellness care for 45 years. He is also the author of a new book titled Synchronicity, the Magic, the Mystery, the Meaning. And Ken also has the distinction of being the first guest on Base Camp for Men to hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. Here is my interview with Dr. Ken Harris. Okay, I am here with Ken Harris, author, thought leader, uh, long time chiropractor, Ken Harris. Ken, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It is great to have you on the show.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Tony. I'm honored and humbled to uh, be a, an invited guest. Absolutely, we,
0: you, know, we, you and I, uh, we have some things in common. You've also done the MKP training as I just found out and you're a long time chiropractor, recently retired. And, you know, you wrote a an interesting book. What, what what year did you write Synchronicity? that just come out or has that been out a while now?
1: Um, at the end
0: of 2019. 2019. Okay. So, and in, in the book is titled Synchronicity, the Magic, the Mystery, and the Meaning. And what a great subject and title to take on. Um, and my first question, you know, I remember... When I was a young man, and I was starting to get into some of the mysticism, I was kind of starting to get into uh, ES, uh, ESP and and different different things were catching my eye. I was kind of curious, and I remember seeing some things around synchronicity. I think uh, you, uh, Carl Jung wrote a little bit about synchronicity, and Luis Franz, one of one of his disciples, wrote a book about it. And I remember going, "What an interesting topic!" And I I felt really uh uh inspired that this would be a serious topic because i remember when i was young going having interesting coincidences happening and going huh that's really weird that that person popped out of nowhere or that's really weird that i was talking about this person and then there they are and i hadn't seen him in five years but there they are now that i was thinking of them and my first question i guess is how did you get interested in synchronicity, uh, as a topic, was were you having a lot of synchronicities yourself? Like, what what was it that spurred you to write and ha- take that on as a subject matter?
1: Well, uh, Tony, the truth is, I started having sequential synchronicities, oh. one after another. Oh. And, uh, I uh, the one that pushed me over the top was meeting a friend of mine uh, after fifty four years on a beach, just he and I uh serendipitously you might say we both wound up on the wrong beach but it was the right beach for that day yeah. And we discovered we played on the same baseball team 54 years uh, previously and uh, he remembered me we didn't we didn't recognize one another but he remembered me because i told him a story about hitting a home run in yankee stadium at which point he says oh you're kenny harris and i was wearing a bathing suit at the time and i i couldn't believe you i said you know me he said you? i'm richie i was on your team you don't forget a story like that, Ken. And so we had a reunion with the coach. But that one story, when that happened, I had an epiphany that day. I said, this is beyond coincidence. This is beyond any mathematical probability. He made a wrong turn, wound up on a beach. I made a wrong turn, wound up on that beach. We yeah. both rented houses on that beach for years, never met until that fateful day. So I, I said, you know what? I'm going to put paper to pen and remind people that they're having these uh, uh, serendipitous or, sequen- uh, or sequential uh, coincidences all the time yeah. so my book came out as a result of that uh, multiple experiences of synchronicity
0: well it's interesting ken too that you guys wouldn't have recognized one another after 54 years you know it's not like you spotted each other it's literally like you start talking and you realize wait a minute i know you uh from childhood it's just crazy
1: well, we say interesting, crazy, but it's not. was yeah. a reason that I met Richie that day. I helped him. He was uh, yeah. undergoing uh, spinal problems. I happened to be a chiropractor. Uh, it, it, he was wearing a New York Yankee cap. And, and that was my entree or entree to tell him about my story to uplift his spirit. I saw he was quite despondent that day. He sure, could hardly sure. walk was on a cane and yeah. he actually couldn't go any further that's why he sat down next to me on the beach there was no one else on the beach but yeah. i said to myself it's a big beach Miss maybe you could move over mister i never said that to him he yeah. said you know if you asked me to move i probably wouldn't have spoken to you i said that i would have never discovered who you are but uh when i started telling the yankee stadium story because he was wearing the yankee hat he just started to smile and he knew who i was
0: right right that's funny what what do you think like synchronicity is a phenomenon let's say uh what what is it trying to teach teach us humanity what is it what is it what is it is it confirmation that there's you know for me i think it's delightful for one thing because there is to your to your title of your book there is a magic to synchronicity whenever these things happen you're always left a little slack jawed you know like i can't believe that happened and it's like to me, I've always, and maybe it's personal, maybe it, there isn't like a universal meaning, but for me, it always kind of meant that things are much more interconnected and there's, there's things pulling for us in ways that we don't always see. I always took it as an upliftment and an affirmation of the divine and our connection to our higher self, to our to each other. Um, because my synchronicities always seem to point in that direction. But I don't know if that's a a personal thing or there's like a transpersonal where this is kind of what it affirms in a lot of people, or is it unique to each person?
1: I would say yes and yes. It's personal and it's transpersonal. Mm. Uh, The significance of any uh, particular meaningful coincidence is subjective to the person experiencing it. Mm. But you asked me, what is the purpose of synchronicity? Do I believe? And I think it is a spiritual gyroscope. It gets us back on track at pivotal points in our life cycles. They Mm -hmm. come about when we're usually on to some kind of decision or stress point in our lives where we have to make a decision and the universe will send someone with the answer. Mm -hmm. What to do next or what not to do next. So I see it as a spiritual GPS to uh, reawaken the memory that there's really uh, one field and we're all part of that universal uh, mind.
0: That's beautiful. You know, I have this one recently where... uh, I'll be thinking about some decision, some choice I have to make, or I'll, I'll be mulling something over and I'll, I'll go, you know, I, I, I have a sense it might be this direction is going to be a little bit better for that. And then I have the experience when I do that, that birds will start chirping like crazy around me. And it's like become this signal where I'm like, there's those birds chirping again. Whenever I kind of say something that is like, maybe I was going to go one direction and now I'm going over in here and then these birds just start chirping really loud at me. And I don't, I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> it's just starting to get weird. It's like one of my signs now where I kind of listen to the field a little bit because they're, you know, and some people would say, well, that's silly. The birds are always chirping. You just happen to notice it. But it seems to really come into my awareness because I'll be driving my car and stuff, and it'll happen a lot. So I don't know. <laughs> it's oh. I love I love it though. You know, it's like, huh.
1: When the birds start chirping for you, do you interpret that interpret that as a sign or a symbol of a yes or yes. A
0: no? Yes, no, it's a yes.
1: Okay, I would yeah. say pay attention to it. I don't think yeah. it's random. Uh, yeah. It's energetics, and uh, you know, you say it's weird, it's interesting, but each person has has a, a different uh, a different energy field and will attract different uh, totem animals, you might say, or people into sure. their lives. At just the right time.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: You know. We've been
0: under, you know, it's, it's changed the, the whole, the whole narrative around COVID, you know, now we're, you know, now we're getting into like, you know, the, the vaccine was rolled out Then there's all these boosters. Um, and now, you know, they're, they're starting to knock on the door that, oh, the cases are up or now we got monkeypox. It's, it's all these different things. Um, did you, did you find that during the whole divide, uh, did you did you find that you speaking your truth, did you did you were you bothered by kind of your your community uh and the divide in it? Like I I had some really sharp divides, as most people did, but I found myself uh really kind of isolated. I'm in a very liberal area here. You're in Florida and New York, I'm in Seattle, and my my viewpoints, even me questioning uh the vaccines, the questioning, the safety, you know, was, was riling up all kinds of people. And I, for me, I was like, yes, I I'm critical of them, but I felt like I was being kind of an, a, um, investigative journalist. I was simply asking, Hey, Wait a minute, slow down. Why why do they want us to get these so bad? And have these been tested? Do we know what's in mRNA? Like I was simply kind of being a citizen journalist, but man, it was like it completely people, my my friends that I'd had for 30 years from college just totally ran for the hills, uh, never to be seen from again. Like they were just like, I can't believe he's, you know, doing this. And I and I just felt like I was asking questions, but it certainly triggered a lot of people. I don't know if you were outspoken, uh, an outspoken critic of how they rolled things out, or if you were, you know, where you were with it. I, I, You and I didn't really speak about this beforehand, but I wanted to ask you, how did you navigate that, and did it really impact your friend group, or were were you in alignment with your friends so it didn't really make that big of an impact?
1: No, there was impact. I don't think there's a family in America that yeah. didn't feel it at some level. Between- yeah. I was on a, a, a Zoom call where there were three nurses who were crying, literally crying because they didn't want to take the jab and, yeah. and lose their jobs. But more importantly, their own children who had grandchildren, their yep. grandchildren forbid them from seeing them. Yep. And you talk about heartache. Now, in my personal experience, there, there was a divide. I asked questions like you. Mm-hmm. I, I was concerned about the rapidity upon which this vaccine was created and wanting to be mandated Uh, And paying people to take it when the science really didn't support it Uh, and and still doesn't, by the way. (laughs) Right. right. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I have friends who work in the pharmaceutical industry and they do uh, they do the uh, clinical trial studies and they wouldn't take it. They said, no way would we take that and give it to our own families. It takes five to seven years to yeah. really figure out what the long-term potential downside of this vaccine would be. So um, what happened, I think, in the world through the media was uh, people, people were put into a place of fear. It wasn't the fear of the COVID. It was the fear of death. Yeah. And, and that's what the media played up. You know, the, the, the assumption was you got COVID, you're going to die. And yeah. that's not true. Yeah. I mean, some people did die. Absolutely. I'm not denying that. But it wasn't a death sentence the way they made it out to be. And so out of fear, people were willing to give up their personal freedoms. And uh it, it was really sad to see the divide in the families.
0: Absolutely. I saw some of my family members in that camp where they were, you know, they couldn't even hear that it had a ninety-nine point seven percent survival, like that people really weren't dying from it. They couldn't hear that. They they were like, they're what they had internalized was that if you get this, you're basically going to die. It's like, you know, I think, you know, I don't want to name names, but I have people in my inner circle that I I bet if you ask them what the survival rate of COVID, they might say 50, 50, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where they get their numbers from, but I'm like, you know, that's not true, but you know uh, yeah. And it was, it was really, it was really tough and it still is tough. I, I, I hope we don't see, a lot of, uh, a lot of injury and and things happening from the vaccine. I and it's interesting that you brought up that you know the the pharma families weren't required. I remember seeing um, a statistic that said you know it's interesting that all these people are mandated to take the vaccine, but the employees of Pfizer, Johnson, Johnson, Moderna, uh, the CDC, the World uh, Health Organization, none of those employees at those so-called health organizations, quote unquote, were required to get it and most did not get it. And so it was funny that you had the very industry that was rolling out and making lots of money on it were not giving it to their loved ones. And that was never being reported in the media at all. That had to be passed around on the sly through back channels of, you know, we, the media and all the stuff. So, um, you know, one of the things I've I've tackled on the show that has been controversial is my, my presentation of like the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum as part of a deep state that is sort of. You know, doesn't have let's let's just say doesn't have our best interests in mind. And so I've, I've had all kinds of guests on I've had people that, uh, you know, have way more knowledge about these things than I do. I've done a fair amount of, you know, rabbit hole diving and you know, pulling up talks that Klaus Schwab has given and Bill Gates about, you know, keeping the herd trimmed, keeping the population down via vaccines, quote unquote. Um, and then just like creating a, a surveillance. And, you know, the, the, essentially what the World Economic Forum is, is a, is a one world government or a, a new world order, as they say. And there's all kinds of stuff. But if you talk about it, people will say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist and they'll disregard it as, as something that's like not a worthy topic. But for me, I've I've had to kind of walk the dog of like, how do I keep my own, you know, and we'll talk about how to keep your vibration high, how to keep your thoughts and, and feelings elevated here in just a second. But I wanted to ask you, you know, your take on it, like how, how do you strike the balance between being aware of what's going on in the greater world, knowing that, there's people that just don't have a, a a heart sense for humanity they may not want to see humanity thrive that's just a fact and and knowing that without being a victim or without going down any kind of paranoid rabbit hole how do you how do you keep those 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 paths kind of clear where you're like I'm aware of what's going on I know what the World Economic Forum is about and what these these weird neo Nazis are trying to do but I'm also not being drugged out in it at all I I've got my spiritual practice I know what I'm doing and I'm keeping it uplifted How do you how do you strike that balance and or or do you just avoid the stuff that I mentioned You know what I mean Some people are like I don't get into all that stuff because it just depresses me and I'm like okay that's that's one way to do it You know so.
1: Well, if you're asking me how I how I deal with it, I'm in the world, but not of the world. I I detach myself from what I'm observing Mm -hmm. Uh, at the beginning of this pandemic, quote, unquote, pandemic. I encouraged some. You know, I I tried my best to encourage my friends to do their homework. Mm -hmm. You know, I had done I I took a deep dive and and did the science and I pleaded with a lot of my close friends and they just shook their head and said, no, I'm doing it. Yep, and so at yep. some point, I stopped trying to stop people from doing what they felt they needed to do. Sure, I just knew sure. what I needed to do for myself yep. and honored that. So I didn't get involved uh, af- well, after a while in any kind of <laughs> entanglements or, yeah. or confrontations any longer because th- it was irrational. Y- you could present all the facts and people would still, still not see or hear them. And right. they would go on their gut, which is fear of of dying. And that's what the media did. They did a great public relations job on convincing people that if you got this virus, you were a death sentence. That's all you saw on TV. You know, sure. they were always in the ER with 10 people pouncing on them. And so, you know, people wanted to fear state. I stayed out of fear. I didn't want to disconnect my nervous system. So I'm a meditator like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I do yoga. Uh, I, I'm in nature every day. And I I walked through the raindrops. I didn't miss one day of my life during this last two years. I never washed my food or yeah. sprayed it outside. I got out every day. Uh, I only wore a mask if I wanted to go to buy food. But other than that, I would never wear a mask. Because sure. I knew it didn't do anything. Yeah. So I, I maintain a balance by detachment. That's great. You know, Ken, for
0: me, the whole thing was really about choice. I don't care if somebody wants to get the vaccine. It was they were taking away our choices of of how we wanted to live our lives. How was that for you?
1: Well, like you, Tony, I felt that I would fight for your right if you wanted to get the the vaccine. I would fight for your right to have that. My concern was that they they were... overstepping the bounds of sovereignty of Mm. my right to, to choose as a human being. I feel I have the right to choose what goes into my body. If you go into a hospital today, you can sign a certificate against medical advice and sign yourself out. You're not a prisoner, but they, they, they tried to make it, uh, they tried to shame us who, who didn't want to do this as being potential threats to the rest of the country, which by the way, was not true. Exactly. My, 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 uh, my Irish got, fired up when yeah. I realized that I am not going along and, and let people do things to me that I know innately are not good for me. So yeah. I, I, I drew the line in the sand, you might say, yeah. when the mandation talk came about, about maybe airplanes, maybe restaurants, yeah. maybe schools, That that's what got me uh, engaged.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, it wasn't lost on me that I was telling people look I don't think you should get the vaccine but it's your choice I'm okay if you do and if you want to wear a mask all over that's your call too I don't care that's you you do you let me do me but that wasn't good enough it was like they were like no I don't I want you to do it the way I want you to do it I'm like well that's where we have an issue because I'm not I'm not going down that road with you and I used to joke that where were all the pro-choice people during the, the mandates? All the pro-choice women that are like, "My body, my choice," and then here comes this—they're trying to mandate this, and they couldn't. It was crickets. I'm like, "Where's my body, my choice?" I want to use that slogan right now myself, and you guys are throwing the
1: throwing me under the bus. Yeah, it was <laughs> hip, hypocrisy at, at its yeah. height. It yeah, was absolutely, totally hypocritical. Absolutely. absolutely. So we're on the same page as far as you know, freedom of choice.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I didn't know, I was listening to you on a, on another podcast and you started to talk about, uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work a bit. And I know that, uh, 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 Glenn and I were speaking about it. And when I heard you on the podcast, this other podcast, I'm like, oh, he's, he's done either done some Dr. Joe trainings or he's read becoming supernatural. Some of Dr. Joe's other books, but I just wanted to ask you about do you, is that, is that a. Are those resources that you use, are those tools that you use, his whole approach to elevated emotions and feelings, thoughts and feelings and that, is that is that something that you is that a big tool for your toolbox to keep yourself elevated and, and inspired?
1: The answer is yes. Uh, I was aware of, of it before I met Dr. Joe. I, I'm in practice longer than he is. Yeah. He went to a college that I helped to start, Life University in Atlanta. Nice. In any case, Joe's contribution for me was he's, he's doing the data collection. He's going to prove it to the to the uh, to the to the linear conscious mind through st- statistical studies, the value of meditation. I've been meditating for 45 years. It was not new to me. His, his, his work is exemplary in the, in, the, in the sense that he's got this neuroscientist working alongside with him, proving objectively what, what the ancients have always known. So Joe's contribution will be to get the NIH maybe to take a look at, at the at the data and not just dismiss it as, oh, that's anecdotal. So someone's right, canceled right. on the remission. Oh, yeah, but that maybe they didn't have it kind of a thing. So J- Joe is a great contributor to uh, shifting the paradigm from what the ancients knew to what the modern science is first discovering.
0: I You know, he was the one for me it sounds silly to say it now this way but you know i had worked with affirmations and i had done meditation he was the one that really showed me that the the feeling aspect had to be included or or you would not really build new neural pathways, elevated neural pathways. And it was a missing piece. I was an athlete and I was somebody that, you know, done men's work. I'm an emotional man. You know, I, I didn't disregard the, the emotions in my life, but when it came to creating neural pathways, I, I sometimes separated the thinking and the feeling when I was doing specific conscious work on you know, meditation and stuff, and and that was like a big aha for me is to go. Wait a minute, it's the marriage of the, the masculine and the feminine inside you. It's you're you're leaving the two out, and you're doing these affirmations, but it's got no feeling to it. So you're not creating anything. And that was that was a really big. I'd been a been doing all kinds of work for twenty plus years when that hit. When I read that in the book, and I was like, wow, I'm I think I'm leaving it out. I'm leaving the feeling aspect out of and trying to create without that, which is is uh is not working (laughs) so yeah
1: well that was that was beautifully articulated yes it is a marriage between thought and emotion all thoughts are electrical in nature in the human body they can be measured the brain wave patterns will will shift with thinking however however the power comes the wave the carrier wave is in the emotion which Mm -hmm. is a magnetic field Mm -hmm. so when you neural link a thought with a feeling as it has already happened, not that it's going to happen or might happen or could happen, but you actually get into that emotional state feeling-wise, it's already has happened, that will send a, a, a Wi-Fi signal into the field. And the quantum mind will bring all the people, places, and circumstances to your doorstep.
0: Beautiful beautiful can you you were a chiropractor you've been you were for 45 years so you you were dealing with all kinds of health stuff and i i asked this about all my health experts if you have a person right now who let's just let's just create a little mini profile here somebody has got an open mind uh but they, for whatever reason, they took the vaccine. Maybe they were like, I don't want to have to be looking for work right now. I don't think it's a big deal. I got vaccinated when I was a kid. So no big deal. But they took it. And let's say they took both. Let's say they did boom, boom, got two of the the, the shots. But things are happening. They're, they're noticing some things that are going on. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of health people in my local community here and, you know, they're saying, well, there's all these things showing up. These people are, ha- there's people with chest pains. There's people are still having tingling on the one side where they got the shot. Uh, a lot of people coming in going, I just don't feel right, but I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't, I don't feel like myself. For that person, what would you say? Now, let's say there's buyer's remorse on the vaccine with this person, you know, they're like, okay, I'm not getting any more. And also how do I start to heal myself? What would be your, you know, what would be your tips or your resources that you would give people who are like, look, I need to get my, I feel like I got to get my foundational health back. I'm really worried that I did something that's really bad for me. And I don't know, you know what I mean? Like there's some regret and they're stuck in this loop of, uh, oh, Uh, I think some of this health stuff that seems to be creeping in on me might have to do with the shot that I got last year. Um, what would you say to them?
1: I would say it's the morning after pill. What can I do to undo it?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, What, what sorts of, what would you advise? Like if you were still a practicing chiropractor and somebody came in and said, Hey, you know, I know you told me not to get it. I did. And now I'm like, Oh shit. But what do I do? Can I still restore my health? dr harris can you what, what are you going to prescribe and it could be spiritual stuff it could even be meditation i don't know but um what 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 should i do to to restore my own sovereignty and my integrity and my own self-love here i guess is one way to say it
1: well there there are nutritional protocols that can help to detox uh, detoxify the body mm-hmm. and help to ameliorate some of the uh, downside effects of the, of the jab. It wasn't even a vaccine, as you know. But there are things they can do on a on a material level, uh, nutritional-wise. And if anyone's interested, they can private message me and I can recommend some uh, nutritional protocols that Good. are generic across the board that will help you. But I would also encourage them to keep doing healthy living habits, yeah. which yeah. is watch what you eat, watch what you think, and make sure you, you get exercise, sunlight. You know, nature's... Na- nature's uh, Elixir is 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 sunlight, water, rest, organic food, and and get rid of your stinking thinking <laughs> because yeah. that will deleteriously affect your immune system. So continue to do healthy habits, and there are some things they can do to help to counteract the uh, possible long-term effects. We're finding out a lot of people are, are developing autoimmune diseases now. I know. They never know. had before. Yeah, because the jab, which was not a vaccine again, helped to disarm the body's natural immune response.
0: It it was amazing to me that, uh, you know, you brought up that it wasn't really a vaccine. It didn't work at all like a vaccine. So if you get a polio vaccine, you don't get polio. You got the COVID vaccine. I I know lots of people that are double vax boosted and still got COVID. So clearly, it's it's not working the way that they that people think it is. But the funny part is people still have this kind of cognitive dissonance where they're like, ready to get another one. And I'm like, well, the first two didn't really work. Like you still got, you got Omicron, you got Delta. Why would you get another one? They're saying it's going to help for what? Like it didn't really stop it. It's not acting like a vaccine. So why are you still thinking that it's a good idea? And then I hear all kinds of stuff like, well, it makes... It, it, I think it makes the symptoms less if you get it. I'm like, I don't think that's very good science. You know, like, I don't know if there's any evidence that makes your symptoms less. Like, I don't, I, I just, it, there's just this kind of trailing off of the why they're getting it. And I don't know if they really know other than, well, this is the path I've chosen. So I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna keep going here. I'm not gonna try to put the car in reverse and say maybe that wasn't such a good choice. But the the things that people say about it um, even though it doesn't work to stop the spread or stop people getting it, it's kind of, it to me, it's a little bit surreal to watch people try to intellectually explain why they're getting another one when they've got COVID from the first two they got.
1: It's irrational. Yeah. That's the best way. It's totally irrational. It makes no sense whatsoever. When did you ever hear of vaccines actually giving you the disease? Yeah. Very rare. There was there is a thing called vaccinia where sometimes that happened in the past with polio and smallpox and so on. But never to the extent that the breakthrough infections have occurred with this jab. Right. Right. So it's irrational. And again, you know, it's it's blindly following what the CDC and the FDA tell people. Yeah. You know, Dr. Fauci did a great job. He did. He did. <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious, folks. He didn't oh, absolutely. A job. Yeah. But he oh, did no. a good job at scaring the shit out of you.
0: Yep. He sure did yeah you you were a long time uh elder and participant with the m with the mankind project is that something that you're still involved in do you still have a men's group or is that something that's in the rearview mirror now
1: no no funny you should ask uh, this coming next week on sunday there's eight of us we're called the legacy i group we're holding an event uh, out in long Island. For Sweet. men to come in to uh, reconnect because COVID really decimated the MKV program. There have been no online trainings until very recently. Yeah. Uh, on-site training. So, uh, yeah, I'm still involved. I'm, I, I meet with a group once a month for the last three years. Glenn's one of them, the fellow who recommended me. Uh, Love to, to you. Hear that guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're still connected. That's and great. hopefully there'll be a resurgence of the MKP work because it, it's sacred work. It's sacred masculinity. Yeah, uh, you know, not everybody can do the training, as you know, but there's a large population out there who needs this training.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm I'm curious too if how the whole. I hope I hope the Mankind Project can keep as clean as they can with all the transgender stuff. Cause I know there's, it's some of the woke stuff is really starting to get in on the agenda. And and one of the beautiful things about the weekend with the mankind project is it's done the same year in and year out. It's an initiation and every man goes through 65 some processes over three days. And it's, you know, you could go to a staff of training in South Africa or in Australia or in New York or Houston or Chicago or any of these places and the processes are in the same order, done the same. And I hope, I hope they're able to retain that with all the stuff about there isn't men anymore. It's just there's no genders, it's just all this fluid gender stuff. We don't need to say men are a specific thing and a woman is a specific thing. But I hope it's I hope it's just this kind of phase that we're going through and that the Mankind Project will retain its foundation and keep initiating. I have a 15-year-old and I hope. I hope one day he'll be able to go through a training at, with the Mankind Project that is as powerful as a training I went through and staffed there because um, the, it's one of a kind and they don't, it's not done all over the place. It's, there's not that many places to find that kind of male uh, uh, influence and male nutrients that, that you need when you're trying to figure things out as a young man.
1: Well, it's based on a hero's journey. I think that model will maintain itself. Mm-hmm. So the whole sexual confusion that the young people are going through, it's sad to see. Yeah, uh, I'll say about that, you know, biologically, three million years, you know, of evolution brought us to the point you need a male and a female to create new life. You can I'm not talking about two men can love each other, two women can love each other. I have no issue with that, but they can't make a baby. (laughs) Right. Right. It's not part of the creative process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Ken, thanks
0: so much for coming on. Do you have any uh, creative projects? Anything you'd like our listeners to know about? We'll share your website, and I will share your your private. Uh, if they want to message you about the protocol you mentioned, but is there anything you got coming up that you'd like our listeners to know about?
1: Well, I would say stay aware awake and alert. The universe is sending you signs and symbols every day in your life. Synchronicity is ubiquitous. Pay attention. That that would be my my big message. I'm personally uh, involved now in writing two more books, which are on the uh, you know I, on the tarmac. They're not ready to take off yet, but I'm my, I'm excited about the the next book, which will be second second chances from surviving to thriving. About I like it who, about people who have met the life altering or life threatening conditions and got through them and came out the other side
0: now how did you how did you get myself (laughs) yeah oh that's how i was going to say how did you get on that topic but it sounds like you had a close call so that's
1: two years ago i had a a coronary uh, myocardial infarct and by all means i should have been dead but i'm still here
0: beautiful well, thank God you are, and thanks for coming on the show. We'll give them uh, the website so they can find your book, Synchronicity. Ken, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your insight and your wisdom. It's great to talk to you. I feel like I made a new friend, and uh, just wish you the best, and come back and do another show with us uh, when we've got some stuff to going on.
1: Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me through Glenn, and uh, we're kindred souls for sure. In this, in this half hour, uh, I already feel a, a connection and friendship with you.
0: Thank you, Ken. I hope you enjoyed our time with Ken as much as I did. He is an elder that I have a ton of respect for, and I hope to have him back on Basecamp for further conversations. You can find Ken, his book about synchronicity, and all of his content and work at www.drkenharris.com. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors, and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.